when I thought about like, you know, can I do this? Like, is Iowa the place? It's absolutely the place, you know? Like it is deeply rooted, wrestling is deeply rooted in the state of Iowa. And I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but Iowa, University of Iowa, to get it going. You know, I, I had instant support from day one, you know? And I know, you know, maybe other institutions may feel the same way, but it's, I can feel it. Every time I come to Iowa City or Korova area, I just, it's, it's there, you know, whether anyone has wrestled or not, you know, like I feel the deep support within the community for wrestling. So I'm excited. It's November, whatever, and we wrestled Princeton. It's our first dual meet. We're coming off Luther. We're going into Oregon State. We're going to keep getting better. I know that we have 10 weight classes that we have 10 bodies that are going to step in there and, you know, are definitely capable of doing some damage on the national scene and the international scene. So it's November. That's, that's where I'm at. That's why I'm patient. You know, I'm not blowing a gasket here. Two different voices, two different tones, two different feelings in those two sound bites, but they both happened on Friday in Iowa City. Clarissa Chun was formally introduced as the Iowa women's wrestling head coach, and then Tom Brands and his Hawkeyes popped Princeton 32-12 to kick off the dual meet portion of their 21-22 college wrestling season. So with that, hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you are here. Happy Monday, November 22nd, and a happy Thanksgiving week to you and yours. Pretty full show today. Going to hear from Clarissa Chun, the newly hired Iowa women's wrestling coach. We'll also talk some results, chief among them Iowa's win over Princeton last Friday, and some action at some open tournaments from over the weekend because there was quite a bit um, for all three big schools. But we'll begin here with Clarissa, whose hire was announced Thursday this week um, as the, I guess Thursday last week, as the first head coach of the Hawkeye Women's Wrestling Program. Uh, she was in Iowa City this weekend. She was introduced at both the wrestling duel against Princeton on Friday and then during the Iowa football game at Kinnick Stadium on Saturday. Clarissa comes to Iowa City from USA Wrestling, where she's been the top assistant coach for the U.S. Senior Women's Freestyle Program and has worked under longtime head coach Terry Steiner, who's a former Hawkeye wrestler himself. With Chun on board, the U.S. women have seen unprecedented success to the tune of 17 senior world medals and another four Olympic medals between 2017 and 2021. Consider that before Chun joined the staff, the U.S. won 10 senior world medals between 2013 and 2016 and just five Olympic medals all time before their sterling performance in Tokyo. The success of the USA Wrestling's women's program has really been the strongest part of the tidal wave that is the overall growth of girls and women's wrestling nationwide. We see it at virtually every level now. Not only are the participation numbers higher than they've ever been, with over 100 women's programs at the college level, 21,000-plus high school girls wrestling nationwide, and 33 states officially offering either a girl state wrestling championship or girls wrestling as an official sponsored sport, the, the talent level is as great as it's ever been too, right? We've talked about the senior level women, but Team USA's success extends to the age levels as well. Both the U.S. cadet and junior women's freestyle teams won world team titles this summer. And the U23 women's freestyle team, I believe they took third in their team race at the World Championships as well. Chun is also one of the few people who has witnessed this growth quite literally from the ground up. She's originally from Hawaii, and in 1998, Hawaii formally offered girls wrestling as an official sport. Chun, with a judo background, became the state's first ever girls wrestling state champion. She won two titles then left Hawaii for Missouri Valley, where she became a charter member of the first-ever scholarship program for women's college wrestling. She continued to chase her senior-level goals even while still in college, embarking on what ultimately became an 18-year senior-level career that included two Olympic teams, five senior world teams, four U.S. Open titles, five Pan American championships, and, of course, the two major highlights – 
a 2008 world title, and a 2012 Olympic bronze medal, which came after she made the team during the Olympic trials that were held in Iowa City, by the way. After her career, Clarissa Chun jumped into coaching, and all roads led back to Iowa City last week. We got to talk with Clarissa on Friday afternoon. She told stories, explained her thought process about applying and ultimately accepting the job in Iowa City, what she loves about the Iowa wrestling community, what she's kind of hoping to build, the foundations um, that she wants to build her program on, and so much more. It was a pleasure to meet her. And personally, I think this hire was a slam dunk home run decision by the Hawkeyes. She was uh, one of the first names that came to my mind after Iowa announced the addition of a women's program back in September. So to see her get the job, truly awesome. Um, I'm not sure that they could have done any better. And I'm really excited to start sharing her stories and covering her team and program in the months ahead. With that, let's go ahead and go to Clarissa Chun. Now you heard her at the opening of this show. And I've got her entire introductory press conference here now for you guys to listen to. You'll hear from the new head coach, as well as Iowa Athletic Director Gary Barda and uh, Deputy Athletic Director Barbara Burke. It's a little under 20 minutes, and I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome and good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for being here on this historic day. I'll give you a quick little rundown of how this will uh, transpire. Athletic Director Gary Barda will give some opening remarks. He will then turn the microphone over to Deputy AD Barbara Burke, who will give some comments and introduce the head coach of our women's wrestling program, Clarissa Chun. Clarissa will give some uh, comments of her own, and once Clarissa is complete, we will open it up to questions for all three and uh, bring up Tom Brands if necessary. And when all, said, when all of that is said and done, we will have a photo opportunity here with Gary and Clarissa. So. That being said, Gary, the floor is yours. All right. Thank you, Chris. And uh, back in September, I talked about it being a historic day because we announced we were adding women's wrestling. This is another historic day because we have found our coach. Uh, so excited uh, to introduce Clarissa Chun as our very first uh, head coach of women's wrestling at Iowa. Uh, Clarissa's uh, uh, credentials speak for themselves as a, as a competitor, as a coach. But what really became apparent as we started to go through the interview process is her passion, uh, her plan, uh, her excitement to lead this program, uh, just everybody who was involved in the search. Uh, it, was, uh, it was consensus that she was, um, she was the choice. And so we're so pleased that she said yes. Uh, what I'd like to do before Coach Chun speaks uh, is have Barbara Burke, our Deputy Athletic Director, who, uh, who oversaw the search went through the process, have her talk a little bit about that process and uh, kind of our plans uh, up until now and moving forward, and then she'll, uh, she'll turn it over to uh, Coach Chun. Great. Thanks so much, Gary. And I'll try not to repeat some of Gary's comments, but it's, it's going to be hard to. We're so excited to be here today. And I do want to thank, start by thanking Gary for his leadership and support as we move towards adding women's wrestling and then moving towards adding our first head coach. I also want to thank um, Tom, Terry, Ryan, and Bobby for their support and their partnership. You know, this doesn't work without the collaboration and partnership of our men's wrestling program. So that's critically important to us. And they have been on board and bought in since day one of the discussion of adding women's wrestling. So coach, thank you so much. And you guys can have a chance to talk to, to coach a little bit later if you'd like. Also special thanks to the search committee, all the work, the time, effort, and energy that they put into the search process and, and getting us to this point today. We did have a tremendous pool of, of talented, qualified candidates, and at every interaction, um, Cl Clarissa just rose to the top. Um, all the discussions that we had, and she did, a, she did a great job, and she really set herself apart. And as Gary mentioned, her credentials obviously speak for themselves. Um, myself personally, I was um, impressed by her passion, her competitiveness, her desire to be an ambassador for the sport of women's wrestling. I'm confident, and we as a group are confident in her ability to assess talent, train young women, and lead these women. She's demonstrated this at the highest level of the sport. She clearly knows what it takes to develop champions. She's very humble. And um, to the point that I had to joke with her and tell her to not downplay her accomplishments. Um, she's done so much for this sport, and she deserves a lot of credit for the growth of women's wrestling. While today we are introducing Coach Chun as our first head coach, her actual physical date does not start until February 7th. 
She has some commitments that she wanted to fulfill, and we want to be respectful of, of the others and the individual work that she has um, that she wants to complete those duties. Once she gets here in Iowa City in February, I'm confident she's going to hit the ground running. She'll be hiring staff, recruiting, planning, scheduling, all the things you would expect to happen as we start up a program. Um, in addition, we anticipate we'll have some young women that will want to join the program in fall of 22. We will work with Coach and our compliance staff to make a path forward for those group of women. They will be able to train and potentially compete unattached. As we've mentioned before, the actual first season of competition under the Black and Gold and University of Iowa will not begin until the fall of 2023. With that, it gives me great pleasure to introduce not only the first head woman's wrestling coach here at the University of Iowa, but also the first NC2A Power 5 head woman's wrestling coach in the country, Clarissa Chun. Uh, thanks, Barbara. Thanks, Darren. Um, man, I, I'm a loss for words, honestly, in the sense that since the announcement yesterday, I've been just overwhelmed with positive support and love from the community, around the wrestling community and the community in Iowa. And just, I don't know, I can't express how much gratitude I have for everyone and everyone here today. Um, so I know that this doesn't happen overnight. You know, the, to start a women's wrestling program at a Power 5 institution is is only the beginning of so many great things to come. And I know that it took a lot of hard work and an, an investment and commitment from everyone in the community members in Iowa and at University of Iowa administration. So um, thank you for everyone who's been a big part of making it happen. Um, I'm just gonna say a lot of thank yous because there are a lot of people that I need to thank. Um, because I wouldn't be sitting here for that reason, you know. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for your sincere interest in me as a person before um, engaging me in my coaching style. You know, I really appreciate that. That, you know, the support that I have at University of Iowa goes beyond what I, like, what I do, but who I am, you know. Uh, Barbara, thank you so much for your endless support, you know, throughout this whole process and being available for any questions that I have or don't, didn't have. You know, you made sure that I was like, able to make the decisions that I needed to make um, on, based on all the information you can give me to, so that way I can make the like, best choices for myself and um, for, for everyone involved. So thank you. Uh, Josh Schamberger, who's not in here, but he is a huge, supporter and advocate for women's wrestling. And I thank him for connecting me with the wonderful people in Iowa. And just, it's gonna go so far. I'm so excited for this opportunity. Coach Tom Brands, Terry, everyone, the, all the wrestling staff, men's wrestling team, I feel the support so much from, from men's wrestling here. Um, I know there was a lot of behind the scenes work that made this happen. Thank you for plugging in um, it in like Gary and Barbara's ear to be the first Power Five institution to get women's wrestling, because no better place than here. So to get it going, uh, I got to meet with Kathy Zaharis. She's awesome, enthusiastic person that I've met, um, and I know she'll be one of the biggest cheerleaders here, so, or fans here of women's wrestling. So anyone who's interested in learning how to wrestle females, come see me. <laughs> <laughs> to the hiring committee, thank you so much for like all your time and your diligence throughout the process and your patience. And I appreciate like going, helping me go through this, you know, and being patient with me <laughs> through the process. Like Barbara said, I, you know, sometimes downplay myself um, because of stuff like that. But beyond that, I'm forever grateful for Coach Terry Steiner. Um, he was, he's a great leader and mentor to me as when I was an athlete and as an assistant coach next to him at USA Wrestling. He's um, helped me grow so much um, as a coach and as a person. Uh, I 
look forward to continuing my partnership with him in ways that I would still want to develop national, world, and Olympic champions, but instead here at the University of Iowa. So I'm excited for that opportunity to bring them all in here on this campus. So, and thank you to USA Wrestling for helping me develop as well, you know, giving me the opportunities to develop as a coach. So, um, and obviously my family and Waylon, my partner, who's been my rock throughout this process. So um, this is a historic moment for young girls, young women across the country. This is an amazing opportunity for everyone that want to come and compete at University of Iowa. Like this, this was a dream of mine when I was in high school, um, but that wasn't a possibility. You know, wrestling back then, we're making t-shirts that said, girls wrestle, boys play basketball, and oh, wait, oh, ah, I messed that up. Girls play volleyball. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, girls play volleyball, boys play basketball, and men wrestle. You know, like how many of you guys heard it? Like, I'm sure a lot of the wrestlers, um, coach brands probably have seen those t-shirts running around when he was competing. But you know what? Now women wrestle too, you know, and now they have an opportunity to come to University of Iowa, the crown jewel of wrestling, you know, is right here. So um, I'm just so excited to get it going. With that, I know it's going to come with high expectations, you know, like just because they're here on campus or they become a Hawkeye doesn't mean that they're going to be winning national titles. They got to go work for it, earn it, and make it happen. And I think with the energy from the community, that will help lift them up to, want to get after that. So I'm so excited um, to meet the challenges ahead and bring a winning program here with women's wrestling at Iowa. So go Hawkeyes. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Barbara. Uh, if you have a question for Gary, Barbara, or Coach, uh, we'll take those now. Just please direct your question to the person you'd like to hear from. If you need to hear from Tom, call him out and he'll hustle up here. Questions for the, for the table? Larissa, what, what made this an attractive uh, position for you to move on in your career? What made this seem like the right move for you? Uh, you know, honestly, the opportunity to grow, you know, as, as a person and as a coach as well, right? Like I, like I told Barbara in the past, like, you know, I could, you know, continue working alongside Coach Terry Steiner. Amazing. Love working with him and the women on the national team. Love working with them as well. But no better place than to try to take a leap, you know, and challenge myself and breaking out and trying to fill that head coach role than here in Iowa. You know, no better place. When I thought about, like, you know, can I do this? Like, is Iowa the place? It's absolutely the place, you know? Like, it is deeply rooted. Wrestling is deeply rooted in the state of Iowa. And I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but Iowa, University of Iowa, to get it going. You know, I, I had instant support from day one, you know? And I know, you know, maybe other institutions may feel the same way, but it's, I can feel it. Every time I come to Iowa City or Korova or area, I just, it's, it's there, you know, whether anyone has wrestled or not, you know, like I feel the deep support within the community for wrestling. So I'm excited. Yeah. Clarissa, you made an Olympic team in this building in 2012. The arena was sold out. What, what did that experience, what did that leave you with about wrestling in this community? That's exactly what I think about, you know. It's <laughs> the energy of Carver Hawkeye, you know. The, um, I went, like, so after winning that, you know, as an athlete, I try to, like, tune that out because uh, <laughs> I wasn't the type of person that, like, waved around and, like, looked it up in the crowds or anything. But the next day after winning Olympic trials in 2012, I had breakfast. Um, I couldn't even tell you the name of the breakfast joint, but... Uh, some nice young guy came up and congratulated me and then didn't even say, but he ended up buying breakfast for me because he was really like excited that I made the team and very knowledgeable about like wrestling, you know, and um, came up and talked to me about my match and whatnot. So it was, 
really exciting. That that doesn't happen anywhere that I've been. So. Clarissa, if you had to describe your coaching philosophy and what you hope to bring to Iowa City, how would you do that? Um, well, I would say that I'm an athlete-centered kind of coach, meaning that I care about the athletes very much, and I know that every athlete is going to be different, you know, how they are motivated, how they operate, and whatnot. What I do know as far as, like, drawing on my own experiences, I know consistency is key, you know, to everything in life, right, as far as if you want to move forward and be successful, right? Like, it's not just what you put into on the mat, but also what are you doing off the mat, you know? And then being competitive, you know? Like, I, like competitive, whether it's, like, being your best self for that day. Whatever you can pull, you could have a hard day, but bring your best self to that day. So be competitive, be consistent, and for me, it's about caring for one another. As you move to the next phase in, in your career, what, what do you see as, as the biggest challenge? Oh, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to learn a lot through this process of um, coaching at this level, college, Division One. So I'm sure I'll come a lot across a lot of challenges. I know sometimes I tend to want to like take on a lot on my plate and make sure everything's good, but I know... I'm excited for the opportunity to hire like a staff that will help me move the team forward, you know, to represent Iowa Hawkeyes. So. You've experienced a lot of different firsts throughout your wrestling career, high school, Missouri Valley, um, when women's wrestling was added to the Olympics. How can those specific experiences help you, you know, being the first here? Yeah. Oh, man. It's always great to be first, right? <laughs> Whether it's on top of the podium or not. No. Um, honestly, I did, like, you know, I like building relationships, you know, so I did, like, call up my coach back at Missouri Valley, Coach Malkoats, and because he was the one that got women's wrestling as far as first collegiate program to offer his women's wrestling scholarship. And you know, picked his brain on, on, like, pitfalls or whatnot that I could come across being the first, right? Like, uh, I might get a ton of people wanting to, like, explode through this door, like, hey, take us, you know, and just being able to, like, manage how to manage. So I'm excited to be the first, though, and get it going. So, yeah. For Gary or Barbara, you said that Clarissa stood out in the interviewing and hiring process, but what specifically can you tell a story or an anecdote or something to describe how she kind of stood out in your eyes? I, th I think for me, it really is um, the, the passion that she has for the sport. And I think that's really important, um, number one. Clearly, she knows wrestling. That, that was never an issue from the get-go. So it was about the fit for Iowa. Um, she loves the Iowa brand. She's been around Iowa City and Coralville. She understands the importance of wrestling in this community. So the big picture, she, she gets the big picture. And the other piece of it is being an ambassador for the sport. Because we do want to continue to help support girls in women's wrestling. And what a great ambassador that we can have for our program and for women's wrestling across the country. So that was a little bit of it for me. I never worried about her ability to coach. She'd been coaching at the highest level, right? She's developed Olympic champions. So if she can do that there, I'm confident in her ability to do that here. Clarissa, what do you want the bedrocks of the program to be? What do you want the program to be about? Um, I, I, I want like a team unity, the collaboration, a competitive collaboration, you know? Um, and I think when, our, when the team can work together and be competitive, I think great things can happen. So.
Awesome stuff there from Clarissa Chun. Again, super excited for her, for the Iowa wrestling community, for USA Wrestling as a whole, and just, you know, for the sport in general. It was big when Iowa announced the program, and even bigger now that Clarissa is the one they chose to lead it. Exciting times in Iowa City. Speaking of exciting times in Iowa City, the Hawkeyes kicked off the dual meet portion of their schedule last Friday, 32-12 to over Princeton. Iowa took 7 of 10 from the Tigers to move to 1-0 this season, and also 1-0 in sellouts, too, as an announced crowd of 14 9,905 came and packed Carver Hawkeye Arena. It was kind of the one big thing that really stood out about the duel, at least from my perspective. It's ultimately what I wrote about. You can go check that game story out in the show notes. Um, visually speaking, I wrote about this too. Not every seat was used on Friday, but every ticket, I guess, was paid for in some form or fashion. That's where the, the sellout number came from. My guess, probably somewhere closer between nine and 10,000 people were actually in the building on Friday night. Still very impressive, and they were in midseason form, as you'll read in that story in the show notes. This was mostly business as usual for the Hawkeyes, though. They racked up 35 takedowns, allowed just six, uh, scored 115 total match points, allowed just 50. Six of the individual seven victories for the Hawkeyes included bonus points, um, technical falls from Austin DeSanto at 33, and Kobe Seabrecht from 149. Um, uh, Miles Wilson also had a technical fall at 184, had a couple of major decisions as well. Jade Nyerman at 41, Nelson Brands at 174, and then Jesse Ibarra kicked the whole thing off by accepting a forfeit at 125. Two of the three losses I didn't think were super surprising for Iowa. 57, Quincy Monday beat Caleb Young 9-5. That Monday one is not surprising. Um, I know that they both wrestled each other in the past, and I believe they've traded results. But it was the way that Quincy Monday won that I thought was kind of impressive. Had three takedowns, um, reversal. Kept Young at a distance while in neutral. Quincy works really well from space, as we all saw on Friday. Young tends to work a little bit better when he can get his hands on you. Uh, Styles make matchups and matchups make fights, so shout out to Quincy for an excellent performance there on Friday. 197, Luke Stout defeated Zach Glazier 4-0. Stout uh, went escape takedown in the second period. 4-3-0 lead added another point for riding time. Stout did a nice job controlling the hand fight here, especially in neutral. Um, you know, his, his takedown in the second came out of a scramble, which I thought was also very impressive. I was kind of curious to see how Glazier's length would impact the match at all. Um, Stout did a good, pretty good job dealing with it too, right? Uh, most notably in shot defense. Our guy Austin Summer from Intermat told us last week that Stout would probably be pretty good. He was excited to watch him compete, um, and he proved it with a workmanlike performance over a guy in Zach Glazier who is still improving, um, has some really good freestyle credentials, uh, just maybe lacks a little bit of the Division One experience. He might get a little bit more of it this season than he has in years past, so we'll see what kind of growth he makes over the course of the year. Finally, at 285 pounds at heavyweight, Jack Del Jarbino pinned Tony Cassiope. Um, this was the stunner of the night, right? More stunning than Pat Glory not making weight at 125, or at least not wrestling at 125. Anyway, Big Cass, um, newly crowned U23 world champ, scored a quick takedown, looked like he was getting ready to run a bar and put Del Jarbino on his back, um, but then Del Jarbino bridged and flipped Cassiope to his back and settled him for the fall on the edge in two minutes and seven seconds. It was pretty strange, and it left the, the rowdy Carver crowd with kind of a sour taste in their mouths as they left the arena that night. Um, I'd chalk it up to a small fluke, maybe, but hey, give Del Jarbino credit for pulling it off, right? Um, we see that sometimes in heavyweight matches where it's just, you know, one guy's on his back and then he bridges and then boom, he's not, right? Um, you know, even though Tony Cassiope is new and improved, he's leaner and he's meaner, um, Nobody gives a dang about your U23 world title when you get into the meat of the college wrestling season, right? I know we're not quite into the meat of the college wrestling season, but um, the season has arrived. We're there, right? Um, He's going to have to learn how to wrestle these heavyweights who might be considered more traditional heavyweights, which is to say they probably have a little bit more size on him. Maybe some, in cases, have a little bit more muscle. Um, So we're going to kind of keep monitoring the situation as we go. Cass looks lighter. He looks leaner. He looks stronger. Um... But it's just that's going to be a weird dynamic that he's going to have to deal with, right? I mean, technically looking at him, he's probably a little bit smaller than he has been in years past, right? Del Jarbino, again, a little bit more traditional, probably pushing closer to 265, 270. Cass sitting closer to 255, 250. That could be as many as 20, 20, 20, 20 to 25 pounds. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, especially for guys at heavyweight, but just something to monitor, right? Um, you know, so we'll kind of he'll get another crack at, at heavyweights that are built like that more moving into, you know, as we get as as the season continues to unfold a little bit. So it'll be kind of interesting to see, um, you know, how he handles that, how he adjusts and, and things of that nature. I, I would say that 99 out of 100 times Cassiope probably wins that match. Um, you know, maybe we'll get 
to see that. Re- I doubt we'll get to see that specific rematch until maybe March, but um, we'll get to see Cassiope Russell, other heavyweights of that ilk. So we'll kind of get to see how he um, is able to learn from that experience. I think that was really my ultimate takeaway from it. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Kind of a stunning result, but um, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's week one for the Hawkeyes and, and they're moving forward, right? Um, overall, though, dominant showing from the Hawkeyes mostly expected, right? Um, afterwards, we got to talk to Iowa coach Tom Brands, as well as Jaden Ironman and Kobe Siebrecht. Um, we'll start with Jaden and Kobe here and then finish up with Tom. So we'll go to their post-game pressers now. I will see you guys on the other side. Enjoy. Get started with Jaden here first, and then we'll have Kobe after that. So go ahead with questions. How was that crowd? It was awesome. Uh, I really felt it. You know, coming out, I kind of got butterflies for the first time in a long time, and that doesn't really happen that much, and it was just awesome to feel the crowd uh, behind me and ready to go to war with me. Yeah, I know one of the many reasons you came here is because you know, passionate fan base and just the, the wrestling community here. Um, did, it kinda, did you have any expectations about what, what, you were, what tonight might feel like with everybody back? I mean, you can imagine, you can dream about it, but until you do it, it's... You you won't understand until you're out there uh, running out of that tunnel in front of that crowd. Yeah. The match itself, how you felt like you wrestled? Um, could have done better. I felt um, got to get my legs back. Um, you know, first match here, um, just um, I did good. Got the major. Shouldn't have gave up a reversal at the end. That's just silly mistakes that I can't make. And I just feel like I'm gonna progress more and more as the season goes on. Um, so it, it was. I feel all right about my performance, but I know I can do a lot better. Jaden, what was the feeling running out there in front of 14,000? It was awesome. Um, I really loved it, and, you know, I can't wait for the bigger matches to come. Not saying we overlook our opponents, but, um, you know, there's some matches I have circled in my mind that I'm ready for, and I can't wait for them here. With so much ahead of you guys this season, how do you sort of lock in on a duel this early in the year, you know, first one? Um, You just got to, you know, it's what we do. We came here to wrestle. Um, we love it, and we've done it for so long. So it's just, you know, don't overlook anything. It's on to the next now. You know, we're on to Oregon State next week, and we can't really overlook anything or put anything behind us. We have to think about what we did well, what we did wrong, and just progress from there up until a week from now. You had some different pieces in the lineup. Uh, what did you think about the way, you know, Kobe – uh, miles performed in Tech Falls out there. It was awesome, you know. That's that's how our wrestling room is. Where people think like, oh, we're just have our top guys now. We're running three deep at each weight, and we have battles in that room, and it's starting to show off when we go out there. Um, those two guys are great. You know, Wilson had a great uh, great outing at the Worlds. Not like he wanted to, but he still battled hard and put it all out there. And then Kobe's long and lanky. He's gonna hit some crazy things that. People are going to be like, what the heck? Kind of like what I do, and um, it's great. We train together, and I feel it sometimes. Anything else? Thanks, Jude. Thank you. All right, questions for Colby. What do you think of that crowd, man? That was insane. You know, I've, I've been thinking about it all week. You know, i just been sitting in my bed. I'm like, I was a little more nervous, you know, wrestling in front of 14,000 people, but I haven't done that before. But, you know, it was electric. It was insane. You know, I can hear them. Normally can't hear a crowd when I'm wrestling, but this crowd I could hear, which was awesome. Yeah, you grew up right down the road. How often did you come to, you know, full Carver wrestling duels? Um, I only came a couple of times, but... I would come in the room every now and then, and I'd lift with, like, Jim Kelly and stuff, so I'd be, like, kind of around the guys a little bit. But I haven't really been – I've probably been to probably four or five duels, but, yeah, it's, it was pretty sick. Yeah. Well, it was kind of running through your mind, right, like, you know, when you're sitting there right before you come out on the mat, when you're watching Jaden, I kind of saw you, you know, out there with the team. What were you thinking before your match? Um, kind of just stay calm, not let the crowd kind of get – kind of get to me, you know, so kind of staying calm, collected, focusing on my match, doing what I need to do to win, so uh, it was, I was pretty nervous, but you know, I kind of calmed myself down, got ready to go for the match, kind of blocked everything out, focused. 
when did you find out you were going to get the opportunity to wrestle today? So, I mean, I really wasn't thinking much on it. And then I went to the Luther Open. I was only supposed to wrestle a match at the Luther Open, you know, coming back from um, stuff in the past. So and I ended up wrestling kind of through the whole tournament. And then I, like, was like, I, I, I'm ready, I'm ready to go. And then it would I probably kind of figured out, I don't know, I just, I, I just stayed ready kind of. So I was ready, rather if I was going to go or if I wasn't going to go. I was in my mind. I was, you know, I'm going. So just always staying ready. Was there a point in the match where, you know, you just felt, hey, I'm going to be able to do whatever I want the way you were able to turn? Yeah. Um, I mean, I started out the match. He kind of got that near arm far leg on me right away, and then I don't know. I kind of hit a headlock, and then I just kept picking his wrist. So I was like. I'll just stay. I'll just keep riding him and getting these turns. So, I mean, I got a couple turns on top, and then I only needed one more point, so I let him up, took him down again. So, yeah. Extra coming, folks. We'll start with questions for Coach. What led to the decision to uh, have Kobe go out at 149? He won the tournament at Luther. Um, there's three guys there that are capable. Um, there's depth, and we'll see where it goes. We like, certainly like what we see. Tom, how'd you get to your decision at 74, 84? What to do there? Those, those three uh, guys. Well, I mean, here's the thing: we got a lot of wrestling to do, and. I know that everybody wants our best lineup, and that might have been our best lineup. Um, but I'm a patient guy, and as bad as it sucks that what happened at the end, that's probably what's on my mind. Um, you know what? It's November, and you better, you better learn from it. And you know what? Things like that happen and it's not a fluke. It's, there is a reason for it. It's not without reason. It didn't just happen. And you've got to be able to feel that stuff. So um, that's on Cassiope, you know. That's what I would comment on Cassiope. As far as our lineup, I'm going to just say it again. That, that may be our best lineup. Um, we have a lot of options. We like our personnel um, I am confident that we are going to get better as we go forward so that's where I'm at crowd sellout was it a sellout because we sold it out right it's a sellout and I think they were hungry for um Carver Hawkeye Arena, and I think they were hungry for, I think the loudest ovations were, you know, for, you know, the guys that you would think they were for. And our fans want to see great performances. And our guys want to give great performances. So it was great. I think there was, you said 9,000 walking up here? So that was an estimate, I'm sure. Um, but we, uh, we're going to have Oregon State a week from tomorrow. That's what's important. And getting through this tonight, and then tomorrow we'll have a workout. We'll have a day off Sunday, and then we got a long week is what it amounts to, which that's good. It's good to have a long week coming up. What's the lesson to be learned there for Cassiope? The lesson is, is when you have a guy – you never have him. And the lesson is, is that you got to be able to feel that. And I felt it in my head in the first takedown when the guy hit the standing switch action type move where our athleticism and hustle actually won the takedown. But we had him, but then the guy came out of it pretty good, and we ended up you know, slipping out on top. And you knew that he has something there that he can change direction quick. Pretty athletic big guy. Pretty athletic big guy. 
I read an article on the guy about, you know, he did it. The, the whole article was on Japanese wizard um, as a junior in high school. So, you know, there's something there athletically, and you got to be able to feel that as it's happening. And then you got to fight off your back. And when things like that happen, you got to rebound from them and then dig yourself out of the hole. And I know that Tony Cassiope knows that. He will be reminded of that. Um, and you know what? Tonight's going to suck for him. But that's athletics and that's life. And you got to go on. What's it like making some of those lineup decisions with the coach knowing you have so much depth available to you? Uh, the process is, um, it's on me. I'm the one making the choice. And there's, that's the way it's going to be. And I own every decision that I make. Um, what's it like with the amount of depth? Um, you feel good that you have guys that are hungry for the mat, that want to be in there, that aren't just filling in, like moving up a weight or whatever. They're not just filling in. You know, you look at Nelson Brands, you know, he's in a weight class where we have a returning multi, multi-time All-American, four-time All-American. You know, you look at Zach Glazier, we have a guy there, we have a returning multi-year All-American, Jacob Warner. And those guys aren't just standbys. They, they are hungry for the mat, they are hungry for championships. And so when you have to make decisions based on, you know, guys, your, maybe your, quote, best guys ready state, or ready status, um, you sleep a little easier at night. So that's a good question that you ask. Uh, what's the difference between finding the best lineup and coming out and saying this might be the best lineup? How do you, is there a way? It's November, whatever, and we wrestled Princeton. It's our first dual meet. We're coming off Luther. We're going into Oregon State. We're going to keep getting better. I know that we have 10 weight classes that we have 10 bodies that are going to step in there and, you know, are definitely capable of doing some damage on the national scene and the international scene. So it's November. That's, that's where I'm at. That's why I'm patient. You know, I'm not blowing a gasket here. Young learn from the night. Caleb Young is hesitant for whatever reason, and when you're hesitant, you get beat or worse, and we got beat. And we cannot, you, you cannot be hesitant there. So, you know, Zach Glazier, it seemed like that guy got his hands locked a lot when we'd get to our feet, and we were kind of slow coming up, and um, you just got to have, you know, maybe Glazier needed more of what Princeton Heavyweight had where when Princeton Heavyweight was in trouble, he'd explode out of it. And we needed that not be so slow and like it was almost like, like it's too methodical. Got to have that fast twitch in there. But anyway, awesome. Got some quick thoughts on mostly Iowa State and Northern Iowa from the Dactronics Open to close out today's show. Um, obviously have some notes down, so if you hear some page flipping, that's what we're going with, right? Um, Dactronics up at South Dakota State, I believe. Um, a handful of schools were there. Um, I know Iowa State and you and I sent a bundle of rustlers up there, which was kind of revealing, right? I mean, they, they both programs sent a few guys to the Grandview Open last weekend. Um, you and I sent, like, exclusively freshmen, so it was kind of hard to gauge, you know, what was really going on there. Um, Iowa State sent a handful of different weights, I guess. They sent a handful of wrestlers at a handful of different weights, right? So, and you know, remember Isaac Judge won at 65, um, had an all-Iowa State final at 125 between Tarakina and Corey Cabanban. Um, Cam Robinson, who's, you know, redoing his true freshman year, I suppose, won at 149. Again, this was all at Grandview at the Dactronics. We kind of got a little bit more or maybe a little bit deeper taste of kind of what – these teams might look like this year, right? So let's, you know, hey, um, one I guess we'll just start at the bottom and go straight up, right? 125, um, Iowa State's got some dudes at this weight, man. Um, and it's it was kind of impressive to see. Um, Kyson Tarakina and Corey Cabanban again both made it to the finals. 
at 125. Um, very impressed with their semifinal wins. Tarakina um, beat Liam Cronin from Nebraska 4-3. to Corey Cabanban beat Brody Teske from Northern Iowa, returning Big 12 champ, by the same 4-3 to score. Um, so that was kind of impressive. And then Tarakina beat Cabanban, uh, same 3-1 score that he beat him at Grandview. I believe in Grandview it was in sudden victory. This time it was in regulation. So Kaizen Tarakina unattached at Grandview, attached at the Dactronics Open. Looks like he's probably um, – He's got the leg up on being the guy moving forward. I know uh, Iowa State coach Kevin Dresser has a couple other tournaments and competitions that maybe he wants to see, uh, you know, just kind of can you solidify the spot, right? That's that's sort of what I'm kind of viewing this as. But, hey, you know, Tarakina's probably got the leg up at the moment, um, but it definitely looks like Iowa State's got two capable dudes for this weight, which I believe is encouraging to see. 133. God, no chance from either Iowa State or UNI, but Kyle Biscoglia wrestled all the way back and finished third. Um, Ramazan Adesayev wrestled all the way back and finished fourth. Um, they, uh, Ramazan Adesayev lost in the round of 16, I believe. He lost super early in the tournament to Drew Matten from Michigan. Matten ended up winning the tournament. Um, and then Ramazan wrestled all the way back through the wrestlebacks to get to the third place match, and he didn't end up wrestling Biscoglia. Biscoglia took third, um, it says, by NC, no contest. So... Um, on the bracket. So that was, you know, hey, good to kind of see both of those guys. I know Biscoglia finished ahead of a handful of other Panthers that were at that weight in that tournament. So um, again, kind of looks like he might have the leg up to start at 133 for the Panthers, but we'll keep an eye on that moving forward. 141, Zach Redding um, from Iowa State looked pretty solid um, at 141, ended up taking home first place. Um, And then for the Panthers, Kale Happel, um, wrestled, I believe, unattached in this tournament, took third at 141, beat out a handful of his teammates along the way, also finished ahead of others. Um, so it was impressive to kind of see Kel Happel do his thing there. 149, Jarrett Dagan finally got to hit the mat, um, did fairly well, went 4-0, took first place, outscored a handful of his, I believe, what was the final as I'm scanning my notes here. Um, out, yeah, 4-0, outscored his opponents 34-9. Looked pretty good today, I thought. So, um, you know, hey, good stuff there from Jared Dagan. 157, I thought this was the highlight of the tournament. Um, David Carr over Peyton Robb, 7-5 in sudden victory to win it in the finals. Robb actually led 5-3, um, scored a couple of takedowns. Um, that was, so yeah, a couple of takedowns, 5-3 late in the third, then David Carr scored two at the gun to force sudden victory, and then uh, scored two out of a scramble um, about 30 seconds into sudden victory to win it 7-5. Thought that was an excellent match, lived up to the billing. Also, shout out to Peyton Robb, right? He beat Austin O'Connor, returning NCAA champ, ranked number two in the country earlier in the week, and then on Sunday, he caps his week by getting his hands on David Carr, nearly pulls another upset, um, but very clearly, Peyton Robb's going to be a guy that we all need to pay attention to at 157 this year. Um, so yeah, that's, that's going to be a fun wait, right? Um, 165, Northern Iowa's Austin at Yant. Um, oh, quick, one more note on 157. Cade Lara from UNI finished third ahead of Derek Holschlag, beat him 4-2 to two for third place. So um, again, if we're keeping track here, Cade Lara looks like he's going to be the guy to at least hold down the starting spot at 157 for the Panthers to begin the year. Okay, on to 165, Austin Yant from Northern Iowa. He finishes in second. Um, you know, workmanlike performance, I thought, mostly out of him. Um, elsewhere in that bracket, Grant Stotts beat Austin Kreiser for third. Those are two Iowa State wrestlers, if you're keeping track. And then when you combine that with Isaac Judge winning Grandview last week, I honestly have no idea what Iowa State's going to do it this way, right? Um, you know, we wrote that they have quite a few capable dudes, um, you know, in terms of capability and, and what their ceiling is. I think that also remains to be seen. We know who a lot of that, these guys are, right? Isaac Judge is an Iowa guy, South Tama County. He spent time in and out of the starting lineup. There's also Logan Schumacher, a guy who, when healthy, he's generally been the guy there at 165. Um, another um, Iowa boy, uh, Grant Stotts from West Des Moines Valley. Um, you know, that's a guy that when he's healthy and it seems like he's starting to figure some things out, Austin Kreiser transferred in from Campbell. Um, you know, my, my general thought was that, like, you're not going to transfer in from Campbell and not be the guy. But, hey, apparently – Grant Stott's got the win, so we'll kind of see how that ultimately goes. I don't know what they're going to do at 165. Um, that's something I'm going to kind of monitor moving forward. Anyway, 174, um, Joel Shapiro, I guess now Joel Devine, formerly Joel Shapiro. He got to the finals at 174, did not see Julian Broderson at this tournament, but Shapiro gave uh, Nebraska's Mikey Labriola, uh, two, two, multiple-time All-American, uh, three to two, Labs ended up winning. Um, thought Shapiro did well staying in the fight. Labs kind of dictated the pace of the match uh, from start to finish. Obviously, he's very, very tough. 
But hey, um, pretty encouraging showing, I thought, from Joel Shapiro, who has been bouncing up and down uh, different weights over the last few years. 184, Parker Keckeisen. He beats Marcus Coleman 8-4 in the finals at 184. Um, Parker had three total takedowns, also had riding time. It was just 5-4 in the third period. Um, that was after Marcus had scored points for locked hands and an escape. Um, but then uh, Keckeisen picked up a single leg and finished on the edge. That basically iced it. Um, was able to lock up his writing time point at that time. Um, really good stuff from Parker, obviously, returning All-American. Marcus, another guy who's been kind of bouncing up and down weights, thought this was a really encouraging performance. He uh, he actually beat Nebraska's Taylor Venz in the semifinals to push him into the finals so that he could wrestle Parker Keckeisen. Um, so I thought Marcus looked pretty good this weekend. 197, Iowa State's younger Bastida. He finished third. Um, I thought he looked pretty good considering the, the competition. It wasn't the toughest. He lost a semifinal match to uh, Silas Allred, who's from Nebraska. He was wrestling unattached. Um, at one point, he led that match 5-1, to one, uh, and then Silas um, was able to find a way to take him to his back and stick him. Uh, but then Younger battled back. Um, you know, thought he looked pretty good on top for most of it. Uh, was able to get out from bottom. Um, obviously, he's p- tremendously gifted on his feet, so we'll keep an eye on that situation moving forward. That His, his development and production there, I think, is going to be huge for the Cyclones this season. Um, and the 285, Sam Schuler. Schuler, Skyler, I keep forgetting which way to pronounce it, but the new heavyweight who transferred in from Buffalo for Iowa State, he finished second at 285, um, lost to Nebraska's Christian Lance in the final pretty decisively, but um, good to kind of see him get multiple matches in the same day, including a 9-3 win over Northern Iowa's Tyrell Gordon in the semifinals, uh, scored a handful of takedowns in the third period to ice that one. Tyrell Gordon ended up wrestling back for third, so... Kind of quick hitting results from the Dactronics Open, or at least results that kind of jumped out to me. One final one here before we sign off today. Shout out to Iowa's Colin Schriever, 3-0 for first place in the gold division at 133 pounds at the Lindenwood Open. Uh, scored a technical fall, a pin, and a 6-2 uh, decision victory in the finals to come away with first place. So 3-0, outscored his opponents 36-8. to um, that dude just keeps getting better every time he steps on the mat. So very, very excited to kind of see how he continues to progress this season. That's kind of all I've got from the open tournament front. We'll probably have a little bit more thoughts. I don't know how much is actually going on over the week of Thanksgiving. I know that there's the Harold Nichols Open on Sunday, um, which is going to come after Saturday, where both Iowa and Iowa State have home competitions. So a lot more wrestling coming up this weekend. Um, so we'll have more thoughts probably on Monday, um, at the very least early next week, um, before we jump into Cyhawk week. Otherwise, that's kind of all I've got today, guys, taking the rest of the week to um, enjoy the holiday, recover from high school football season, and really get geared up for um, what's going to be a really busy and eventful wrestling season, both at the high school and collegiate level. So, um, hey, I hope you guys get to enjoy the rest of your week. Um, I will be back in Iowa City on Saturday, and then I'll be in Ames on Sunday. So lots of wrestling yet to happen. Um, and I'm excited. So uh, we're going to kind of get another glimpse at, at some of these teams. We're going to get another glimpse. At, obviously, at the Hawkeyes, I got Oregon State. Um, Iowa State that same day hosts, I believe, Cal Baptist and Army. And then on Sunday, we're going to get to see more of the Cyclones and Panthers, I believe, in action. Um, so maybe they'll sort out some lineup stuff. Maybe they won't. Um, but it'll be kind of fun to um, get some thoughts down on paper for you guys. And then also one more programming note, um, the wrestling mailbag will officially make its return next week. Um, so nothing this week. Um, cause I, I need to relax a little bit and I hope you guys take some time to relax too. But, um, once we come back that Monday after Thanksgiving, um, I'll throw out my first mailbag roll call. I'll be sure to tweet that to remind you guys as well. So, Hey, thanks for listening today. Have a happy Thanksgiving. That's all I've got. So, um, yeah, be sure to rate and review the show on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts, follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin, Instagram, Cody J Goodwin. And of course, Be sure to subscribe and catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon.